0: Good afternoon, and welcome back to Midday Magazine for March 20th. I'm Shelby Herbert reporting for KFSK. Last Tuesday, the Central Council of the Tlingit and Haida Indian Tribes of Alaska issued a statement in support of a bill in the Alaska legislature that would prohibit discrimination based on gender identity and expression of sexual orientation. The statement said Southeast Alaska ancestors fought for anti-discrimination legislation and that leg and that legacy must be continued now. It goes on to say that LGBTQ plus people, including youth, deserve protection and support. Alaska's first openly queer state lawmakers introduced the bill earlier this month it would change the current definition of sex as a protected class to include LGBTQ plus identities. The bill is currently in the Labor and Commerce Committee. Tribal President Chatley Ish, Richard Peterson, said it was important to show support for LGBTQ plus tribal members.
1: Every year we see it bubble up and it's getting worse and worse i think that um human rights are under attack you know i think that as the tribal president i want them to know that they're loved and valued for who they are
0: this statement comes amid what many consider escalating attacks on lgbtq plus rights from governor mike Dunlavey's administration a recent Anchorage Daily News investigation revealed that last year, the Alaska State Commission for Human Rights quietly reversed a 2021 decision that expanded LGBTQ plus protections in the state. And earlier this month, Dunleavy announced a bill that would restrict Alaska students' ability to live in accordance with their gender identities in school. The Petersburg Borough Assembly will meet this evening at 6 p.m. in the Assembly Chambers. The Assembly is scheduled to review an ordinance to allow borough employees, including employees of Petersburg's Medical Center and School District, to serve on certain borough boards and commissions. However, the ordinance would not allow these employees to serve in a role that would directly oversee their own employment. For example, a borough employee may serve on the school board but would not be allowed to run for assembly. This is the second reading of the ordinance, which was approved by a vote of six to one in its first reading. Assembly member Donna Marsh was the only member who voted against it. The legislation will go into effect if it passes a third assembly reading and if Petersburg voters approve of it on october third. The Assembly will also review an ordinance to adjust the 2023 fiscal year budget. The legislation includes 12 budget adjustments. Among them is a proposal to transfer 50% of the the borough's general fund surplus, surplus from fiscal year 2022 to the Property Development Fund, the purpose of which is to support the purchase, development, and improvement of property owned by the borough. The ordinance would also increase the general fund attorney budget by $90,000 for legal expenses from three lawsuits. Among those are Petersburg resident Don Koenig's lawsuit against the borough and uh, and clerk Deborah Thompson regarding access to borough records, as well as Petersburg Police Department Chief Jim Kerr's lawsuit against the borough regarding alleged harassment and defamation. In other business, the Assembly will vote on a proposal that would authorize a $189,000 contract to reinstall several seven stall floats, repair a domestic water line, and move 1,600 cubic yards of dredge spoils to the borough's mud dump. Petersburg's Borough Assembly will meet this evening at... 6 p.m. in the assembly chambers kfsk will broadcast that live and post the recording on our website kfsk.org anyone from the community can join the meeting in person by phone or on zoom there's more information on kfsk's community calendar ketchikan is expecting nearly 1.5 million cruise passengers to visit this summer If if projections hold, it would be Ketchikan's biggest cruise season to date. According to the latest draft schedule, Ketchikan's cruise season kicks off April 20th with the arrival of the Norwegian Bliss in Ward Cove. That's one of the largest cruise ships that sail in Alaska waters, carrying up to 4,000 passengers. About a quarter of the season's passengers are scheduled to arrive at Ward Cove, the private terminal eight miles north of downtown. The the first port call at Ketchikan's downtown docks is scheduled for May 2nd, when the Carnival Miracle ties up at berth 2. The season is scheduled to ramp up quickly from there with the community's first six-ship day expected on May 18th. Some Fridays during the summer months we'll see a total of seven large cruise ships tie up in the Ketchikan area. though only six are scheduled to be in town at any one time. Some 1.1 million people are expected to arrive at the city's downtown docks over the course of the season. Altogether, Ketchikan is expecting 632 port calls throughout the season. The last call downtown is scheduled for October 5th, but ships will continue to call on Ward Cove at least two days a week through the end of the season on October 27th. Ketchikan City leaders are soliciting feedback ahead of the cruise season. The city is taking online comments about the cruise ship calendar through March 31st. Those will be shared with Cruise Line Agencies of Alaska, the company that handles the scheduling. City officials are also soliciting comments on downtown traffic, parking, pedestrian access, and more with a separate online forum. City Manager Delilah Walsh said Thursday that the city is not considering any major traffic changes in the immediate future, but is open to suggestions.
1: If there's something that we can incorporate for 23, that's great. If not, I plan to do something similar in September or sometime postseason in order to get feedback for real changes that we can make in 2024 where we're not in this crunch time schedule.
0: She said the city's biggest traffic priority is ensuring that loading and unloading zones are designated. Wrangell's popular community golf course has struggled to make its land lease payments in recent years. The course sits tucked against the water just south of the airport on state land. Now, the borough manager has proposed a solution. Could the local government
2: take over the land? Sage Smiley reports from Wrangell. Wrangell's nine hole golf course, Muskeg Meadows, is a place to, yes, play golf and disc golf, but is also a gathering place for walkers, runners, and hosts many community events. But the nonprofit Wrangell Golf Club has struggled to keep up with the lease of the land it sits on. The land is owned by the State Department of Transportation because the course is nestled up against the southern end of the island's airport runway, and DOT isn't keen to give it up. It's DOT owned land adjacent to an airport. I asked her what the possibility is that they would transfer it to the city, and I think she laughed at me. (laughs) That's Mayor Patty Gilbert speaking to assembly members at a meeting in late February. The land is required to be reappraised every five years, and DOT charges Muskeg Meadows a percentage of that appraised value for the lease. Borough manager Jeff Good explained paying for an updated commercial appraisal this year and the corresponding lease payment could cost upwards of $12,000, a strain for the nonprofit. Good is also a volunteer board member at Muskeg Meadows, and he suggested the borough could take over the land's lease from the course, then sublease the land back. While DOT has to charge a private entity like Muskeg Meadows to lease the land, it'll cost Wrangell's government nothing. Plus, the land won't have to be reappraised.
1: There would be some paperwork that would have to be done as far as figuring out how the real property works that's on the pro- That's on the properties, the stuff that's there permanently with that has to be transferred over to the city, and then what the liability of the city would be be and then how we would cover those liability costs.
2: Once the lease is transferred to Wrangell, the borough would be free to sublease the site back to Muskeg Meadows without DOT needing to be involved. It'll come at no cost to the borough and save Muskeg Meadows money in the long run. Good says any fees during the lease transfer process will be passed on to the golf course. Assembly members were all for the idea. Here's Ryan Howe.
0: I'm very in- interested in this. Okay. It's uh. I think the golf course has gotten to the point where it's not just a golf course now. It's like a walking path, a running path. It's yeah, it's a cool. recreational like thing that the city really benefits from. I'm very, I like this.
2: Assemblymember Bob Dalrymple also wondered if the golf course management could be made a more formal part of the borough. Right now, they're totally separate entities. I also support the, I think this is a key component of the of borough. Basically, it's, you know one of the heart, heart centers. of the Mayor Gilbert also pointed out the primary goals she's set for the borough since coming into office last October are to focus on economic development and infrastructure. And I think this fits nicely into economic development. We want to maintain that golf course and want it to succeed. Two weeks after initially floating the idea at a March 14th assembly meeting, Good said there's been progress toward working out a transfer. Muskeg Meadows board held a meeting and approved transferring golf course properties to the city and borough of Wrangell, which will allow the borough to take over the land lease. Good and Wrangell's economic development director will then come up with a long-term lease agreement with Muskeg Meadows so it can resume control over the buildings and fairways and continue operating the community's golf course. In Wrangell... I'm Sage Smiley.
0: The Southeast Alaska business competition, Path to Prosperity, is changing. It's getting a new name and will shift the way it brings entrepreneurial training to participants. Path to Prosperity has been run by the nonprofit organization Spruce Root, which promotes economic development in the region. Over the past decade, the competition has awarded $660,000 $660,000 to 21 startup businesses all over Southeast Alaska. While most of the program model will remain the same, part of the training will change, as will the cash awards at the end. Instead of two entrepreneurs winning $25,000, the organization will offer three business owners $20,000 grants. The new name of the competition is Business and Balance. Izzy Haywood manages the program for Spruce Spruce Root. She spoke with Coast Alaska's Angela Denning about the changes. She says training will expand from a three-day intensive boot camp into a nine-week virtual course offered twice a year. By transitioning
1: it to this nine-week format, it gives us a little bit more time and space to really make sure that the entrepreneurs understand the different content, like marketing, business planning, financials, while also um, giving us time to incorporate programming around like mental health and resilience, like belief busting and these different activities that we do. So that's that's kind of the goal with the shift. So the time frame has changed. It's now nine weeks, but then those nine weeks will be happening twice a year in the spring and fall. Yeah, well, the timeline of the full competition is still the months long cycle, kind of the year long cycle where there's a training, and then the entrepreneurs write and submit business plans, and then submit them to a panel of judges, and then receive the awards the following year. So that timeline is still the same. It's just the timing for the training has been expanded. And so instead of, we used to do just a super short three-day boot camp in Juneau, where it's like, bam, 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 marketing, business, um, business coaching, mentor speed dating. It's like really fast and really intense, which is like, It's a cool way to learn, but it doesn't allow for enough time for the entrepreneurs to really take in the material in a meaningful way. So that part we're expanding out to nine weeks. So that is different than the one cohort per year. Yes. There'll be a spring cohort, a fall cohort, and then anyone who goes through those cohorts who is interested in submitting to the competition, they'll submit a business plan that will be judged at the end of this year, end of 2023, and then three... $20,000 awards will be awarded um, in the spring of 2024.
0: You have your two cohorts, and then they're going to be competing together for
1: the prize if they choose. Correct. Yeah, and that way we're really able to emphasize the training as part of this, not just the award funding. Now, for the overall businesses and applicants involved in the new process, do you think there might be more or less or about the same that's also the reason why we like split this up into two cohorts instead of the one because we have seen there is like been so much demand for like entrepreneurship training and and, you know in the past versions of this competition we've gotten 50 applicants only been able to admit 12 finalists and then by having two cohorts we're able to offer this this curriculum to a lot more entrepreneurs in southeast Alaska. So is there anything else that you would like people to know about the business and balance or spruce root at this point. I think one other thing I'll add is, you know, the title's business and balance and it's titled that for a reason. It's because like at Spruce Root like we've seen a lot of business owners, you know, they start a business because they have a specific dream that they really want to make come true and they want the flexibility of like running their own business and working for themselves and and all of that. But oftentimes they can get so run down, you know, trying to do it all and trying to, like, make that business successful, that, like, their life can become unbalanced. And so, you know, we really believe it's Spruce true that, you know, running a business is a lot of hard work, but, like, in order to do it sustainably, you have to do it in a way that, like, makes sense for your life and the life goals that you want to achieve outside of that business. And so with this course, we're really hoping to help these entrepreneurs not only, like, build a thriving business but also making sure that they're doing it in a way where they're delegating when it makes sense and where they're like taking care of their like mental health and well-being so that they can really make that dream sustainable for themselves in the long term
0: Izzy Haywood manages Spruce Roots Southeast Alaska Business Competition she spoke with Coast Alaska's Angela Denning registration for the fall session will open in August My name is Shelby Herbert. I report for KFSK. And thank you so much for joining me for Midday Magazine.